good culture, it's a culture where first of all, employees are not afraid to talk, where the manager knows how to adapt its leadership style to, to different personalities. A good culture is where if your industry is permitting it, you don't really care where your people are working from as long as they produce. This podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimizer cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps Check out www.imops.io and get a DevOps team now. Welcome to our series entitled The IM Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the I Am Podcast. I am Raya, your host, and today with me is an executive coach. He's been recognized as a top executive career coach by Coach Foundation. How is he related to startups? We will find out. Please welcome on the show, Ivan Tibonakis. Hey, Ivan. Hey, mate. Wow, you pronounced my surname very good. Um, nice to <laughs> see you and um, a pleasure to be on the show with you today. It's our pleasure. We're very excited. It's our first time. It's my first time to host on the show. So we're very excited to learn from you. How are you? <laughs> very good. Actually, not too bad. You know, we've been communicating for a couple of weeks now. Today's Monday. I am in Greece. It's a summer holiday, you know, but I work. I work from home and I have oh. the opportunity to meet some of my European clients. So, uh, yeah, I could say, you know, the answer to the question is I'm not too bad. If I could show you a video of my window right now, I'm like 10 meters away from the beach. So I can't really complain. How are you? You. I'm good. Uh, well, we're just over with a typhoon, but we're good. We're safe. And I'm excited to speak with you. And I'm sure our dear listeners would love to know a bit more. Like you're in Greece, you're a coach. How are you related to startups? So come on, please share with us. Well, I, I spent half of my time in Europe and half of my time in Asia. And I work with successful leaders, CEOs, business owners, and managers who are facing a setback. A setback could mean personal, professional setback. Let's say, for example, they are stuck in their career and they want clarity or they want to move ahead. Or it can be purely professional setback. For example, they want to improve their communication skills with their team. They want to engage the team members better. They want to increase sales or maybe they want to know how to manage their hybrid workforce in a more productive way to and to you know doing all that by avoiding micromanaging so this is what i mean by setback and then i help those leaders get over that setback by getting clarity on their goals and then exploring ways to reach them so they can lead with a little more ease you mentioned about communication when there's culture there's communication there's miscommunication so how important is proper communication or how do you properly communicate in a multicultural environment yeah that's a great question and if i could share my experience you know when i was a manager in the uk i was actually you know black lucky and blessed enough to to run my own business at the age of 25. so at that time you know 10 years ago the way i communicated and i you know the approach i had and the way i managed teams it was very different the way i communicate today you know back in the days it was like one way you know i did the talking you you know my employees did the listening and the execution there is no argument there is no debate they just follow but nowadays is different and back in the days you know managers used to believe that we need power and control but we were wrong you know power really comes from understanding relations i think it's absolutely true that all top leaders 
can make their message simple enough for everyone to grasp and complex enough to make it attractive. And you know, leadership really is about communicating effectively and connecting with others. Therefore, I would say, you know, with my experience, you know, I was a subordinate, I became a manager, I became a director, I became a business owner, and I am an executive coach. I would say that effective communication is a hallmark of a great leader. When it comes to different cultures, you know, mate, it really comes to be honest with you with experience. Like I lived in Asia, I lived in Australia, I lived in Europe. It comes with experience. And you know, you can read as many books as you want on how to communicate with people from different cultures. But unless you live in the culture, you live in the country, you mingle with your employees, you understand the culture, you can understand how to communicate. So it's some one of those things like, you can, you know, what's the best way to learn how to ride a bicycle? You know, to get on the bike and then you're gonna fall down and go back again. You know, you can read as many books as you want, but you're not gonna learn the bicycle, you know, how to learn a bicycle unless you get on that bike. So the best way to be able to communicate across different cultures is to have the experience to have lived or to have spent time in that culture like you know when i come in the philippines obviously for for compliance and um, non-disclosure agreement reasons you know i cannot tell you them you know i have companies and clients that i coach and train in the philippines so my approach you know is a little bit different you know it's a little bit maybe the, the discussions we have is a bit more personal sometimes you know you know we talk about other things not just where we talk about their family my family what they do in their free time you know and so on and you know some of those clients sometimes they even invite me you know when they get to know me better they even invite me at their house well in some other countries this is not possible so differences between culture okay so when we relate to startups like i always hear this from startup founders like culture eats strategy for breakfast like mm -hmm. no matter how well designed your strategy is and no matter how brilliant your idea or your product is it will like fall flat unless you have a team with a good culture so my question is, is there a bad culture? Is there a good culture? Like how to know? It's strategy for breakfast. I would say lunch and dinner. So, <laughs> so, you know, a good culture, you know, it's a little bit like leadership. These are fuzzy words, you know, and you know, if you talk about culture or leadership, there are thousands of books that they were written on the topic over the years. For example, if we, if we look at leadership, you know, leadership has so many meanings and there is no right or wrong answer to the question of what leadership is right so same with the culture so for me though leadership and culture start from the top and I'll give you an example you know you know when you go to weddings you have that um, uh, you know after the wedding when you go for your you know, you know when you go to dinner to the party in the middle you know you have that um, chocolate fountain right and the chocolate flows from the top it is a chocolate fondue if the top part is right and how the chocolate flows that's exactly how culture is so culture starts from the top the one who is responsible to set the culture to set the work ethic to set the communication level is the top leader whoever that top leader is if you are a business owner you are running a small company i don't know five people three employees five employees ten employees you are the one who is going to set the standard if you are running a big business or a big department the same um, chocolate fountain example applies you are the one 
that is going to set the standards. So good culture, it's a culture where first of all, employees are not afraid to talk, where the manager knows how to adapt its leadership style to, to different personalities. A good culture is where if your industry is permitting it, you don't really care where your people are working from as long as they produce. And you know, if you are managing a sales team, you know, I don't really care where my sales people are working from. What I do as a manager, you know, hire the right people, support them, train them, give them, give them all the necessary tools, technical tools, laptops, training, coaching, development, give them what they want, give them the, the right tools, the right um, arsenal, and then I let them do what they have to do. So. I, and, and a little bit about micromanagement, you know, because a lot of people say, you know, micromanagement is bad. But in my experience, both as a manager and a subordinate, micromanagement is not a problem. Problem is the mismatching style. Micromanaging is only one type of management. So it is best suited to people who are maybe, I don't know, starting a new role or a graduate or is the first job ever, ever and they need to be guided and trained closely. So there are other management styles like coaching, supporting, I don't know, delegating, which are appropriate if subordinates are more experienced, therefore need minimal supervision. So the bottom line is situational leadership is a good concept to apply. So look at your employees, examine what do they want? What support do they need? Do they have the experience that they can run by themselves or do you need to guide them maybe coach them a little bit more closer than others so as a leader as a manager as a business owner there is no one solution that fits all i think you should really be able to wear different hats i like that you said about the chocolate fountain like it really flows from the top to bottom leaders set the culture the dna of the company right so how i mean Maybe you can give us some tips like how mm. to set the culture. Is it the way you speak or the way you like assign tasks or nonverbal? Can you give us some parameters? That's an interesting question. Well, it's the whole style of the leader. It's not just communication. It's not only the way you speak. It's not just the way you talk. It's not the tone of voice in your emails. I think it's the mm. whole package. So I think nowadays with, you know, remote work, hybrid work and uh, managing different people with different needs, you know, nowadays people, you know, I don't know, four, five, six years ago, money and financial incentives, it mm. was the only thing that people care, but it looks like it's not anymore. People want different things nowadays. Yeah. Of course, you know, money is important. We all have bills to pay, but it looks like that employees is not the only thing they're looking for. So I would argue and say that there are three I suppose, essential roles of a leader in today's organizational environment. Um, the first role is for the leader to define the task. The second role is to achieve the task. And the third, and the third role, essential role, is to maintain effective relationships. So look, define the task. You as a leader, you should make it clear what the group or the individual is expected to do. Number two, is to achieve the task. This is why your group exists, you know. So as leaders, we need to make sure that the group's purpose is fulfilled. And if we don't achieve the task, if we don't fulfill the task, what happens to the team? Frustrations, disharmony, 
criticism and perhaps you know even disintegration of the group and i will give you an example look at sports teams what happens if they continue to lose and the third role is to maintain effective relationship between themselves and the members of the group and between the people within the group so for me an effective leader knows how to balance three things results relationships ego wow results relationships and ego their own ego the thing that you said about um nowadays it's not just about the money right it's about the purpose like if you find your purpose the vision of the company and the roles of a leader right like define the task achieve and maintain how do you um speaking of like remote work right uh people are sometimes in the office at home how do you make sure everything is clear make sure everyone is productive well you start from hiring first of all you need to make sure that you hire the people that fit your culture and then once your people starting you need to have a good onboarding process um, i think for an employee that starts today the first 30 days and then the first 90 days are really important so you need to have a good onboarding process yeah, because you know <laughs> treat your employees like your customers so you, you you know i always say you know one of the things that we go through with my clients is like that the, the manager's customer is not the customer yeah you may have a business and you might be involved into day to day and maybe sometimes you're serving customers and you're you're communicating with customers but your your idea your your customer is not the customer. Your customer as a manager, as, as a business owner, is the employee. So please have that mentality. And then once, you know, so once, you know, you have an employee starting in your big business or small business, you need to have good onboarding. In the first day, first week, first month, the same way you evaluate them, you know, they, they, they evaluate you as well. Okay. And when I say results, relationship, ego, please try to balance. Like if you are too results driven, if you are all about sales, 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 you will have a lot of sales, but people won't, won't stick with you around because you're going to be too harsh on them. So they will be, you only be able to attract a certain type of people, you know, they won't stick around because you're too, you know, you're too hardcore. On the opposite side, if you're too, if you focus too much on relationships, you're going you're gonna to end up having a lot of friends, but your results will <laughs> not be there. And the last thing is ego. If it's, you need to balance your ego. We all have egos, but if it's all, if I'm running a business or a department and I come across like it's all about me, 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 my employees will think, well, what is in it for me? What is it in for me? So please, you know, try to balance, know when to push, know when to pull, know when to challenge people, know when to pamper people and try to control. So, you know, all successful leaders I've worked with and I coach, I can tell you they know how to balance results, ego and relationships. And you know, as leaders, may we have tremendous influence over the performance of our teams. Probably a lot more influence than we actually realize. And you know, how we do things and the way we work, the way we communicate, the way we talk, our tone of voice with our employees plays a huge role in the success of our teams. One of the key uh, duties and responsibilities of the role of, successful, of a successful leader is what? Is to always improve, empower, and nurture your employees to help them become better in doing their job. And I don't mean babysitting. I mean, give them the support, give them the vision, give them the tools they need 
to do their job. And they will do it, you know, they will do it. Wow, uh, we are really learning a lot. Oh, we'd love to learn more about how to engage. Yeah, I saw in your post, the manager's customer is not the customer. The manager's customer is the employee. So it's mm. all about the people. How do you boost employee engagement because it, it drives performance? Well, look, you need to know, well, you know, if you look at business and corporates, you need to know where, you know, they, they have their cycle, right? Is it the startup? Is it an expanding style? In what in what phase is the startup? But, you know, it depends really. So, but uh, a major part of leadership is about motivating mm -hmm. and mobilizing people, you know? Mm -hmm. So how to do it? You know, I actually have developed over the years and I will share a bit with you my own four motive motivational module for motive motivational model, which means in order for people to perform, I, I realize that in order for sales to go up and in order to productivity to be there, people need to be connected, number one. Number two, need to be challenged. Number three, need to feel secure. And number four, they need to feel stimulated. And I will quickly elaborate on this in the, in the, in the minutes that we have remaining. Number one, security a feeling of well-being for example am i safe do i have the means to provide for myself and my family and this is one of our most basic needs right we need to feel secure both personal mm -hmm. safety but also have a roof over our head so are your people feeling secure and again i'm not talking about babysitting yes if somebody is not performing you need to sit down and have a conversation if they're not performing again you need to sit down and have another conversation are your people feeling secure that's number one look around your people how are they feeling you know if they if you walk into the room if you walk into the business do they kind of change their style and pretend they are working so are your people feeling secure number two are your people feeling connected what do i mean connected i think i mean we all we are we, we are humans and and we like being involved in a team or a social network and i don't mean just a online social network I don't I don't mean like Facebook or Instagram I mean social network you know and few of us like to work completely alone you know there are people out there that like to work completely alone but even those who do they like to have a feeling of worth within their work or within their social community we are humans we are social species we need to feel connected to other people friends family and so on and so forth so are your people connected are they feeling connected are you running zoom meetings once per week once per day once every two weeks bi-weekly once per month and you all the all you do is talk about work but i suggest it's something i do once per month to have a team together you know zoom meeting if you're not only in the same location or you have hybrid or remote work and i call it work water cooler conversation just talk non-work related things maybe you can have a virtual team lunch together you know to give the sense of connection among your team the third thing is stimulation and of course in this instance i talk about sensory stimulation at work you know um let me ask you a question Nate. if you sit on a train to go from manila to i don't know um, a beautiful feeling to go to baguio right <laughs> and i often yes. is there a train by the way from manila to baguio i don't no. know <laughs> no. no, I did it. I did it a few times with a bus and um and, and a car. Yeah, my car. So if I was to offer you a seat on a train with a view next to the window and a seat without view, which one would you choose? Okay, no brainer. This uh, this is it with a view, beautiful view. Yes. 
unless you want to sleep blah 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 but let's say ah, right. right okay right so nine out of ten people they will answer the same they want to sit with you you know Mm-hmm. On this, you know, so we like that sensory stimulation. You know, some other people like to listen yep. to music if they are bored, or we like to taste new food. Um, you know, you, you know, new taste, new food, and so on. So, in other words, we need our brains to be stimulated. When it comes to work, we need to see value in our work. So, are your people mm-hmm. stimulated at work, or are they bored? And last but not least, are they challenged? Are you challenging your people? And this is what I'm talking about: balance balance of your people feeling secure but at the same time you need to challenge them and we all seek some degree of challenge some more some less but without it we stagnate right and but something that even if you're a manager okay i'm going to challenge my people i'm going to push my people but please think of the of the following in the workplace when you're setting targets for example the degree of challenge may be impacted by our perceived payoff, by our perceived perceived benefit. For example, if you give someone a target, make sure the benefit, make sure the commission, make sure the payoff, make sure of whatever you're gonna give them, it's it's of value. Because in the workplace, the degree of challenge, it is impacted by our, and this is the keyword here, perception by our perceived payoff benefit. So don't ask me to increase sales by 25% and you're going to give me $100 extra. I'm not interested. You get that? <laughs> okay. So how do you attach benefits with the tasks? How do you attach benefits with the target that you set? You need to know your people because not everybody is there to make money. Maybe you can say to somebody, if you know they are they are renovating their house and they have a lot of expenses or they want some time off, say, okay, this month, if you do X, you will be able to take last Friday off because I know you're renovating your house. For example, if you you know somebody's newly married, you can say, okay, I know you're newly married and you're doing a good job. Let's set a realistic target so I can, you, at the end of the month, if you reach a minimum 80% of the target, you can have an extra two days off so you can have another long weekend. Humans, we are at our most fulfilled when we are learning and growing and being challenged and successfully meeting the challenge because if we meet that challenge it gives us intense satisfaction so if you are listening to this you know i don't want to come across as know it all i'm talking from all the mistakes i've done and i've done tons of mistakes i've lost the, the whole teams my sales were down so what i'm sharing now is actually from my failures not from my successes so as a leader which of those drivers can you influence the most those were a lot were full okay we can relate with your mistakes also with your failures what have you learned what's that failure that taught you a very important lesson yeah one of the companies i've actually started four years ago i had to close it down after a year i started it in 2017 Mm. and around yeah around after a year and a half i had to close it and the lesson i learned from this is pick your business partners wisely don't make emotional decisions so the reason why i had to close that company down because i was really motivated to open that company but and i chose a business partner that business partner great guy but just a mismatch because he comes from a a an accounting background he's an excel guy he doesn't know how to drive business and then all he looks at is at excel and numbers and all that well if you're having a startup you cannot look at sales every day 
because you're going to struggle, you know, if you're a new company, you need to be to accept that, you know, your first couple of years, you're not going to be some, you know, profitable, you know, you know, you know, you might not even be profitable at all. So it, it was a mismatch because I had the vision. He had no vision. He was looking at Excel's number as an accountant. So, you know, it, no, no blame. It's just a mismatch. He's a great guy. We are friends, but we cannot do business together. So uh, mm. the lesson I learned is don't make emotional decision to pick your business partners. Just the same thing if you are recruiting and you have a a, a, a position to fill, don't just make a, a emotional and fast decision because you want to fill that role. Take your time to make logical decisions, you know, take a step back, take a breath and don't rush. Mm. As we say, as I say in business, fire fast, hire slow. Yes, well, I've heard that a lot of times. Fire fast, hire slow, because you know, a bad hire is this disaster it's a disaster it can lead to a toxic culture you know it's like a rotten apple and it's wasting your time and it's waiting is wasting the other person's time and i don't want to talk about firing people i know a lot of companies has issues right now people looking for work and so on but you know uh, it's all about long term and it's all about you know people working with you and for you and you know you you both shall be happy you and them you said virtual lunch right yeah. you have done that and What's the impact on the employees? Can you just share? So what I do once per month in my in my employees, in my people, we have virtual lunch. So I have employees in Malaysia, Indonesia, Greece, Cyprus. So what I do once every month, we gather on Zoom. We are around 25, 30 people. It's around 20 minute call and it is a non-work related call. Maybe we'll have virtual lunch, you know, if time permits or I'll have lunch if I'm in Europe, they'll have dinner or something and, you know, have some fun and um, you know talk about what you're gonna do over the weekend and you know sometimes you know and just crack a joke and uh, you know sometimes yeah it's just to get people together connected and we don't talk about work it's just you know just having just like having a company lunch all together but we do it we do it um virtually and everybody you know when they're connected on zoom they can have a cup of coffee or some food to eat and um, it takes a lot of pressure of people just having just just like having a a, a face-to-face uh, team lunch or company lunch together and you know sometimes if i'm connected with one some of my employees are actually i'm i'm friends with them on facebook or on instagram and if i see something and i may say hey um hey john i saw that you have your daughter's birthday last week and you put some lovely pictures i wish i had a birthday how was that and everybody clapped so i'll just pick up different things that i see and sometimes i just let you know create a bit of atmosphere momentum people laugh you know maybe some other time and maybe i see somebody maybe one of my employees maybe who's a sports fanatic i don't know maybe they like cycling and maybe i will talk about sports and maybe say oh you like cycling we also actually have um john in indonesia office who also likes sports tell us blah and then maybe the 20 minutes on that call on that specific day we'll talk about sports so you get it it's um yeah it's a casual online zoom meeting we call it um you know people can bring their coffee they'll have lunch or dinner and it shows everybody that at the end of the day we are humans right sometimes i put my assistant what's what she does i order food for everybody and gets delivered to different countries like Ooh. so yeah i do it at the same kind of same time we try to do it same time so it, I might order all McDonald's, so I go to McDonald's, for example, Malaysia, the website, and I will order, and I go to McDonald's Indonesia, and I order, you know what I mean? So sometimes I do it. It's a bit challenging because obviously, sometimes the food doesn't get delivered, obviously, at the same time, but you can do that, yes. Because, you know, 
There is no magic formula to vo- to motivating a team. There is no one solution. You know what you do as a leader, as a business owner is you have to look at where you can impact. You cannot change people. You know, your personal level, business level, your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your kids. You cannot change anyone. I cannot change anyone. All I can do is impact. So when it comes to work, by having a relationship with my team as individuals, not as a group, as individuals, I will start to learn how to engage them, how to provide stimulation, motivation, and, and development so they can get what they want, which leads me to what to get what I want. Perfect. Okay. Wow. Um, time flies very, very fast, but we definitely, we are full. I mean, there's really a lot to get from the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. First of all, it's been a pleasure and I hope that your audience will get value and this is why we do this. We do it just to add value and to support leaders, support managers, support business owners. And my last saying for the show is, you know, for the team, you motivate your team, you motivate your people by creating the right environment. And uh, one one the right environment is where they feel connected uh, and where you have paid <laughs> into the bank of goodwill if mm-hmm. i can say like that by value valuing them and provide them what they cannot provide for themselves because if they can provide to themselves you know why do they need you and great leaders provide their people what they cannot provide for themselves and if you look at the great leaders in history sometimes what they provide people is vision if you look at uh, Alexander the Great, all the great visionaries, you know, politicians, or if you look at sports people, you know, you provide your people vision. Sometimes you provide people training. Some people, you provide people with the right tools, with the right support to do the jobs. If you want to be a successful leader, you should provide your people what they cannot provide for themselves. To all those listening right now who want to get, you know, more clarity, communication tips, how to engage with their team, how to handle a hybrid workforce or about micromanagement and everything, how can they reach you? Yeah, great question. They can reach me on LinkedIn. This is how you we actually we first connected, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite active there. I think you are as well. I like LinkedIn. So Evan Givanakis, is T-Z-I-V-A-N-A-K-I-S, or through my website, executivecoachasia.com, executivecoachasia.com. I started my coaching business in Asia. This is why the, the, the website, but of course I have clients globally, but this is where I initially started. So if you wonder why I have this website, it's mm. because I actually started my coaching business in Asia, executivecoachasia.com. If you go to my website, there is a link there. You can book a discovery call with me, a free Zoom discovery call where we can get to know each other and see if we're a good fit to work together. Yep. And we'll also link that to like the show notes. Okay. Once again, thank you very much, Ivan, and all the best to you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be on your show. This podcast is powered by iamops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iamops.io dedicated DevOps Check out www.imops.io and get a DevOps team now. Make sure to check out www.imops.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you and you have a great day.